number, rather, not the name. And I apologize. This, this slide is very busy. I've not uh, changed it since the last time I showed it. I, I will do that. Um, but we're in chapter 8. Uh, and chapter 8 moves rapidly. Uh, it is uh, one of the uh, 30, not 35 verses, but it is a fairly long chapter. It's 30, uh, 32 verses. So in this chapter, uh, Moses records uh, the second plague, the third plague, and uh, the fourth plague. And I had mentioned to you before that one of these things is a laser. That middle thing, yeah, okay. So we'll complete the second plague this evening, which is uh, the plague of frogs. One of uh, the uh, reasons for these specific plagues that the Lord sent to uh, on the Egyptians was basically a confrontation between himself, himself and these uh, uh, many, many gods or the, or the plethora of gods in the Egyptian um, panorama of gods. So the frogs, there were two names basically for the god of frogs. Uh, there was a frog, frog goddess in Egypt, uh, Hapi and Hect, and we'll see that on subsequent slides. They are related to fertility. Uh, this is the last of the plagues that is duplicated by Pharaoh's magicians, by soothsayers, by his sorcerers, if you would. Uh, then we'll also get tonight into the third plague, which is the plague of lice. Uh, and this is a confrontation uh, against the, the god Seb, S-E-B. He is the earth god of Egypt. So when we talk about, you, you will hear me use uh, the word, uh, thank you, sir. We'll, you'll hear me use the word pagan often. And pagan simply means of the earth or from the earth. That's what it means. People get upset when you say, well, I'm, you know, we live in a pagan land, but what, uh, what that means is that people are more driven to natural things than they are supernatural. And certainly the, uh, uh, the lice that's mentioned here uh, in uh, the middle of chapter 8 uh, is, a, is an attack on that, on that particular god. Uh, if you would, brother, go to the next slide. Let's see. Let's pick up here with verse 1, and let's read down uh, through verse 15. The Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, let my people go, that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth Frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come up on you and on your people and on all your servants. The Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Now remember the first plague, Stretch out your hand over the waters. And now again, he's telling Aaron, stretch out your hand over the waters. Okay? So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt. Frogs came up, covered the land. The magicians did so with their enchantments, 
and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor of a saying when I shall intercede for you, for your servants, for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses that they may shall remain in the river only. This is their natural habitat, obviously. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh, and the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyards, out of the fields. They gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that they were, there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the Lord had said. So we see here, it's a beautiful picture of the mercy of God to a, a very rebellious individual, in fact, the, to the rebellious people of the Egyptians. So there's a warning here in the first four verses, of course, that Moses and Aaron go back to Pharaoh, and God warns Pharaoh that He's going to send a plague of frogs. Um, and obviously what happens, and he says here in, these, in verses 3 and 4, that they're going to uh, be in every nook and cranny of your life. You worship a, uh, uh, an earth god or frog goddess, and so I'm going to make it so that you may, they can be right in your beds if you so please. So um, he, he uh, the Lord did this, and the purpose, of course, was to, to glorify himself above the gods of Egypt, and they were many, and also to give Pharaoh a chance to repent. And we see this through this, uh, uh, this panorama of the plagues that in these first few chapters here. So we see God's mercy, and we see that he could have, uh, the Lord certainly could have begun with a Passover. But he, he's teaching not only the Egyptians, but he's also teaching the Hebrew people that he's a God of patience and he's a God of mercy. And so from this, the Hebrew people will take this, this, uh, uh, this teaching method of the Lord with them as they leave uh, Egypt. He tells Moses to tell Pharaoh, I'm going to smite the land. And the word smite there means uh, there will be death. Now, we're not told if Egyptians died, but the assumption is, because of the, of the verbiage that, you, that is used here, that there were some Egyptians uh, that died. Uh, I mentioned to you, of course, that this was the, uh, a direct attack against the, the goddess Heget or, uh, and was always pictured with the head of a frog. Some of the hieroglyphics show this today, and if you... If you Google this, if you like, you'll see this. Um, so the interesting thing here is that frogs were never part of the sacrificial system of the Egyptians. Now, this changes when the lice, <laughs> when God introduces the third plague, which is lice. Uh, they were worshipped. 
so they were never sacrificed, which is very interesting. It teaches us something about the uh, degradation, I think, of the Egyptian people. Um, they worshipped this particular goddess. They were frogs were extremely common in the Nile. Some of them grew to be huge in several pounds, uh, and they they didn't eat them. Uh, they were just allowed to multiply. So what we see here is that God intensified their multiplication uh, in this uh, in the land of Egypt. Uh, they were amphibians. The Egyptians considered them to be unique creatures because they inhabited both the water, or they could live on the water, in the water, and on the land. So that was one of the great aspects of the uh, uh, of the frogs, or some of the uh, uh, theology behind the frogs, if you so please. The pound. Uh, so verses five through seven. God brings, uh, Aaron stretches out his hands, the, the land is filled with the frogs. The magicians duplicate this uh, again, which is kind of interesting. So God plagued them with frogs, and we see here, of course, that God indeed has a sense of humor. Um, several of the commentaries that uh, you read from, one of them by a man by the name of Adam Clark said, Though he is the Lord of hosts, he has no need of powerful armies. The ministry of angels are the thunderbolts of justice to punish a sinner or a sinful nation. The frog or the fly, we're going to see in the latter part of chapter 4, or lice in the middle of chapter 4, are sufficient instruments of vengeance. Uh, in fact, uh, I was uh, reading, uh, let's see, just finished a book uh, by David Grant, and he was talking about the bu bubonic plague. And the fact that uh, this deals with the uh, the bubis in our in our tissue, and uh, it was brought about by rats and the bacteria that spread from them to uh, to people. So it is estimated that more people, men, women, boys, and girls, have died as a result of. Uh, infestation from the smallest of creatures than in all the wars combined, all the accidents combined. So one of the things that God promised in Genesis 3 was that in the day, Genesis 2, he said, in the day that you eat of this tree, you're going to die. And he was the giver of life, he's the taker of life, and that's one of the things that we see here. Uh, the first and the second plague are about water, what rises from the Nile. The third and the fourth are about the earth. And so there's an infestation that begins with the lice uh, and with the flies that attacked all of the, not only men, uh, not only humanity, but the animal life as well. So, the pagans believed, and you may have read this or seen this from time to time, they believed in four elements. They believed in water, earth, wind, and fire. Now, we know today that there are 106 or so different elements. But this is, the, this is a progression of that uh, pseudoscience, if you would. So the first nine 
of these plagues address the idols of the Egyptians that came from the water, the earth, the wind, and the fire. So it is an attack on the elementary types of things. Now the Passover, the last great plague, attacks the idol, the most serious idol, which is the idol of self, the last great idol. Man is the measure. So the Greeks said, and the Egyptians certainly believe that. Um, interestingly enough, in verse 7, we are told that uh, the magicians did bring, forth <laughs> did bring forth frogs. Now why, if your land was inundated with frogs, would you want more frogs? So they did this, and obviously there's some type of, uh, no doubt, occultic power that is... Uh, that is displayed in this particular uh, scenario. Next slide, brother. So yeah, why that not only does this produce just, uh, I don't think we have any way of, of measuring this. But one of the things that it, it, that it does is that it hardens Pharaoh's heart, okay? And Verse 8, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord, or basically intercede for the Lord. Now, if Pharaoh was such a great man, why didn't he intercede? Well, he understands, obviously, that Aaron is one of the priests, and Aaron and Moses both from the tribe of the Levites. So he is asking both of these men, to, uh, to intercede with Jehovah, to have this uh, particular uh, plague uh, stopped. And he says, when you do this, I'll let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. And as always, it was just a ruse. And another commentator said, the frogs could not be killed because of their sacredness. And yet such large numbers of them would be revolting in their loathsomeness. So you've got all these frogs, and apparently no one is killing them because they are fearful that they're going to anger the goddess Hecht. So that even, the, the superstition behind this is amazing. So uh, the other thing, too, and this is what we see, we see the, uh, we see the, the plague of the, Frogs. We see the plague of the lice. We see the plague of the uh, uh, of the flies. We see the plague of the murrain or the livestock that are killed, and then we, we start to see the plagues that are personally addressed to people. One of the one of the things that the Egyptians prized was cleanliness, and I had mentioned to you before that Pharaoh, the very first plague, Pharaoh went down to the Nile to bathe, and it's thought that he did this at least twice a day, maybe as many as three times a day, once in the morning, once at noon or thereabouts, and then once in the evening. So they were extremely um, uh, clean individuals, especially the uh, Pharaoh and his, uh, his regents. So it's something that is... is you, you couldn't kill the frogs because they were sacred, and then, of course, they not only brought disease, but also were especially loathsome. Well, the Lord answers um, 
Moses' prayer in verse 13. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. Moses prayed. God answered his prayer. He said he would. And then the Bible says, uh, an under, <laughs> understatement no doubt, and, uh, in verse uh, 14, they gathered them together in heaps and the land stank. They couldn't burn them because they were sacred. So they had to uh, decay naturally. So you can imagine what's going on with these particular, uh, because of this particular plague. Well, Pharaoh lied, as most people do to, to the Lord, and he hardened his heart. That's what the Bible says. Hey, Pharaoh saw that there was relief. He hardened his heart. Now, God said he would. God said, I'm going to harden his heart, and then Pharaoh's going to harden his heart because that's just the nature uh, of man. So this is a, a familiar pattern, and we'll see this uh, continually through until the Passover. And even after the Passover, Pharaoh pursues the Hebrew people. Um, he lies, and because of that, it's uh, a lying. It becomes easier and easier to do the same thing again. Moses each time is faithful to entreat or to ask the Lord to postpone or to, uh, to uh, cause those plagues to come to an end, and the Lord answers until we get to the tenth plague. Spurgeon said, Pharaoh increased his guilt, his vows heaped upon his transgressions. He forgot his promises, but God didn't. They were laid up or laid by in store against him, and that is the nature of sin. When God is merciful to sinners and they reject that mercy, and that's exactly what we see here. When they reject that mercy, it causes a hardness of hearts, heart in that individual, and also it is, a, um, it is, uh, is recorded or it's in the record that God keeps of each Center. So there's a battle of wills going on here. Um, G. Campbell Morgan wrote, As to Pharaoh, it is the story of a strong will making itself stupid. I know none of you have ever done this before, but you said you were going to do something, something comes to happen, it comes to pass, and you don't do it. This is exactly the same thing here. This is recorded for us, and obviously Pharaoh is quite a bit more powerful than we are. But uh, Morgan goes on to say, until the condition was utterly beyond hope of remedy, God gave him opportunity to use that strong will and surrender. And what a, what a revival could have occurred in Egypt had Pharaoh relented. But he never did. Okay? Let's look at this third, third uh, plague very, very brief, briefly mentioned here in chapter 8. So the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it becomes lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magi magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice on men and beasts. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. Now Pharaoh's heart grew hard, 
and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had said. So, the frogs are removed, and they die. One of the, um, one of the feedstocks of frogs is lice. So the frogs are removed, and the next plague is the multiplication of food that the frogs would have eaten. And you will also notice here, this third plague, this is an unannounced plague. The Lord does not send Aaron and Moses back to Pharaoh. And that is, obviously, a direct judgment of Pharaoh hardening his heart. And he commands uh, Aaron directly, stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land. So frogs were decaying. From that, and of course, lice are ubiquitous, even in our society today. Um, they, they multiply, they, they uh, uh, grow exponentially and cause all sorts of uh, hazards and no doubt carry disease as well. So more Egyptians die. We're not told how many. And that's, that's really at this point uh, unimportant. What we see is that God was merciful to Pharaoh Pharaoh wanted God's mercy and then rejected the word of the Lord. And so the life's gone. And uh, there's, no, there's no mercy of a warning uh, or an invitation to repentance here. God says, let this happen in sequence. Next slide. So many people claim and cry, God is unfair. And really, we're the ones that are unfair. We're unfair toward God. God is never unfair. Uh, we don't want fairness with God. We don't want justice from God. We want mercy from God. And that's what's shown to Pharaoh. But he rejects that. How many people do you know that will claim God's unfair? He didn't show mercy this particular time. Well, he's already shown it twice. He's going to show it more. And the same results happens. Pharaoh hardens his heart. Some people say if someone were totally fair, they would never show mercy. And uh, if God were totally fair with us or if he were uh, uh, hell-bent on showing us justice, then there would be no mercy. But he is, as we read in the responsive reading, he is uh, always, always loving, always kind to those that turn their ear toward him. So here we go. This is, this is again, another attack. Uh, and this particular one is against the uh, Egyptian god Seb, or the earth god. And that's what we, we're told here. Stretch out your... Uh, stretch out your rod over the land of Egypt. So uh, this is an interesting thing. We talked about the hygiene and how they were uh, uh, given to uh, ritual cleansing. So one of the things that the lice did, since they permeated everything, including the sacrificial animals, they couldn't offer sacrifices. 
The, as we get to the Passover, we'll find that uh, you were, uh, the families were to uh, take an arneon, a pet lamb. They were to keep it, and for a certain uh, period of time, they were to feed that, uh, that uh, blameless and pure lamb, and then they were to kill it. Well, the lamb had to be without spot or blemish, and we find that in uh, uh, the latter part of the book of uh, Exodus on into the book of Leviticus. Well, the Egyptians did a similar thing. So because there were uh, this infestation of lice, they couldn't sacrifice, which means they could not worship the god Seb. They couldn't ask for uh, Seb to intervene uh, to counteract what was going on here uh, in uh, this third, uh, third plague. The lice would infest the animals, the sacrificial animals, so the system stopped. Uh, and the magicians could not. In fact, verses 18 and 19 tell us this. They say that they worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. And uh, we're not told why. Obviously, the, the power of God had, uh, had superseded their uh, uh, superstitious power. And so they reply that this is the finger of God. Now, so we see that the magicians, the priesthood, if you please, the pagan priesthood system, sacrificial system of the Egyptian people are the first to recognize the power of God. Pharaoh, with all of his power, doesn't seem to understand, but those that are charged with sacrificing animals so that the Egyptian pantheon of gods could continue to be worshipped, certainly understood. But, as we see, Pharaoh's heart is hardened again. He doesn't heed them, just as the Lord um, had said. And uh, they understand, I think, for the first time that there's a power that is greater than their own. And this is a power they cannot see. This is the supernatural intervention of the Spirit of God. They can't see it. And so these are these men, to a certain extent, understand the implications of this. Next slide, I think the next, the next slide is, is the last one here. So he doesn't listen, again, um, even to the analysis of his own advisors. You know, our president has a cabinet. Uh, most of the uh, governments around the world will have, uh, if they have presidents or prime ministers, whatever, they will have advise, uh, advisory councils. And one of the things is, that is important for these individuals of leadership is to listen to this advice. In the multitude of counselors, Solomon said, there's wisdom. Well, we see here just how relentlessly stupid Pharaoh is. Probably one of the more educated men on earth. But now he is controlled by sin. There's no rational reason why he insisted on resisting and rejecting the Lord God. Even his own, his own priests are saying this is the, 
This is the finger of God. But there is a natural reason, and that is his sin, his stubbornness, his pride, his lust for power, not to be displaced. And so we'll stop there this evening, and we'll pick up with the, the fourth plague and finish chapter 8 in uh, a couple of weeks. But again, the flies, and flies eat lice as well. So interesting way that all this plays out. Any comments or questions on what we've covered this evening? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the beauty of this passage. Remind us of your mercy toward each of us, your grace, your love, your kindness, and remind us that resistance is futile, that you will have the last say, either as we come to faith in you or even as folks reject you you will have the last say. May we be, as Peter was when he preached, let God be God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.